The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Now, you may also have heard the news today that the monk has been arrested, re-arrested in prison. Nicola Talent, investigations editor with the Sunday World, is with me in studio. Nicola, what can you tell me about this? The monk was arrested in Wheatfield Prison where he's in custody at the moment. He's actually awaiting trial for murder for the Regency Hotel um, shooting of David Byrne. But this is actually a separate investigation that somewhat wrapped around the Regency or came from it, but which is completely separate. And it's to do with uh, the direction of a criminal gang and to do with uh, the possible corruption of a former Garda who okay. has, is currently before the courts. So we can't talk or name, about, name him, but uh, it's the links between, between the two. OK, so he's been arrested in relation to that investigation. The reason he is in Wheatfield at the moment, though, is, as you say, because of the Regency and the killing of David Byrne. When is that trial due to start? It's actually starting on Monday. Okay. Um, This week, there's been some significant developments. Jonathan Dowdall and his father, Patrick, pleaded guilty to lesser charges. Jonathan was facing a murder charge as well. He went to court on, uh, he went to court on Wednesday morning, along with his father, and he, um, they pleaded guilty to facilitating that murder. It was to do with a room being rented in the Regency Hotel. Uh, Far lesser charge, obviously, than murder. Um, And significant enough in that it was about to kind of go in and out of the courts without anybody being alerted or noticing and a journalist just happened to be there um, and both Dowdall, both Dowdalls came out from the jury box under heavy security. So it'll be interesting to see now what evidence is given against the monk when he faces trial. All right, OK, listen, I expect that's a trial that will will get an awful lot of uh, attention. Um, I mean, that, that, that shooting in the Regency then sparked this war, this gang war between the Hutches and the Kinnahans and it's brought us where to where we are now and, and you and I have spoken before about the Kinnahans and the news tightening around them. John Morrissey, this character who was arrested in Spain, mm. what can you tell me about him and his role in the gang? Yeah, and that is the most significant thing that's happened since the sanctions were announced last April. John Morrissey was named during the sanctions, along with his company, Nero Vodka, which was established out in the Costa del Sol some years ago and which grew at proportions like for a drinks company that were just phenomenal. Johnny Morrissey has lived an incredible lifestyle out in the Costa along with his wife, Nicola, who was the CEO of the Nero Vodka. Now, I had been keeping an eye on Morrissey anyway because he was actually known to us here before he ever popped up in Marbella. He had lived in Ireland for a period of time, had arrived around the same time a good few criminals from England were coming here in the 90s before the Criminal Assets Bureau had been established and when they could kind of bed down in an English-speaking country near enough to the UK and they were able to conduct their business. And Morrissey bought a restaurant in Kinsale and he lived down there. He was a boating enthusiast, although it is now suspected that he may have been landing cocaine on the coasts of uh, the east coast of Ireland. But um, he was targeted by the Criminal Assets Bureau during an investigation into George the Penguin Mitchell. And he there was an amount of money demanded from him and some properties. And uh, he was so incensed by it that he 
is, and it has been stated by the ex, the, the, the former Criminal Assets Bureau Chief Felix McKenna, that the cab became aware of a threat to kill Barry Galvin, the legal officer of the Bureau at the time, emanating from that investigation mm. into Morrissey. And Galvin had to be uh, given a firearm, uh, you know, a civilian given a firearm is completely abnormal in this country, but such was the level of threat. So Morrissey ended up losing that money and disappearing off into the Costa, where in the past, say, five, six years, he has kind of come back to life as such, bigger, wealthier and brass, brassier than ever, and also very deeply connected in with the Kinahans. Now, I wasn't aware until those sanctions were announced that he was actually an enforcer working for the Kinahan organisation, but his arrest recently um, and what has obviously been going on in the background has been this enormous money laundering investigation into the Kinahan wealth and uh, the Spanish police, the Guardia Civil, arrested Morrissey and his wife Nicola and they said that they believe he has been, um, in the last 18 months, has laundered 200 million euro, which is the biggest money laundering case to my, my like as far as I can remember anyway, in the history of Europol. Yeah. Massive. Um Given he's he is in Spain and that the money laundering is happening, so there's no talk of extraditing him. To he will, the in Spanish, Ireland. you see, the Spanish will handle that end yes. of it, you know, because the money. And actually, when I looked at it, I actually wasn't surprised, you know, because our focus has been very much on Dubai because that's where the Kinhans fled yeah. in 2016 after they believed themselves to have come under attack from rivals. And, you know, you're looking at the businesses they have out there, which are very difficult to see because they're all hidden in the Emirates. You can't go onto a company registrar's office very easily and, mm. and see what's going on. But actually, the Kinahan organisation, their HQ was in Spain for two decades. And, you know, when they were still there, when I would have been kind of going over and back there, I was very aware of the amount of money laundering that was going on in Spain. And clearly that was left behind and, and that sort of well-established network. The um, During his arrest, there was a number of ledgers and black books, as you'd call them, lifted by the Spanish police and they've gone up to Madrid to a special uh, unit which is going through them. But uh, there's a lot of excitement about that because that is believed to be the financial heart of the Kinahan organisation. It's it's the details of their money laundering, who's owed what, who owes what in and how the whole operation works. And it was described as catastrophic for them. Before we talk about the Emirates and, and what is happening there, just uh, this is kind of tangential, but th- that movement of criminals in the 90s from mm. the UK to Ireland, why did that happen? Well, they it's you know it's English speaking here, obviously. Yeah. So, so they they like the south coast of Spain because there's lots of English speaking people down there. There was no traditionally no extradition treaty with the UK there, but when they were kind of lying low, um, for a period of time, it was quite handy for them just to buy a house here, a mansion okay. here. You know, they were buying them, and people were you know if they did know who they were, it was like that's disgraceful that they can afford that. But we actually had no laws to take it from them. Um, okay. Sort of the early 90s, you had the likes of Mickey Green, who's since dead, who would have been a huge big, uh, one of the original UK gangsters. And there were others who came as well, but they all pretty much fled after um, 96 and the establishment of okay. the, the Bureau. 
So it was just, it was just it was a little just window a little of safe haven exactly. that you could go to, pop over to the, the gaff in Ireland if things were a bit too hot. And, and we look like the English, we sound like the English, do you know what I mean? You could very easily kind of go to ground here. Yeah, and, you wouldn't and stand hey, out exactly. with an English accent exactly. down in the local supermarket. That's it. And I mean, they bought beautiful houses around the country. Um, you know, mansions out in Kildare and just outside the Dublin suburbs. They were near to the airport then still and they were able to travel through Dublin yeah. quite easily and... All right. Okay. So, as I said, that was kind of mm. tangential. I was just interested about that, that how that happened, the likes of Morrissey and others. So, you mentioned the Emirates, and that's where the focus had been. There has been something of an update in terms of um, police officers from the UAE and what role they might play, or uh, more of a role. Is that is that a fair description? It's what's happened. Well, look, the individuals wanted have been named, and uh, they are still in Dubai despite reports that they're elsewhere. They're moving around a very small area of the United Arab Emirates and possibly in and out of Oman. But it's known where they are. They're trapped. They can't go anywhere. They can't access their funds. And they're being slowly um, suffocated, really, in this policing plan. Now, others we've seen in the same situation, the Emirates, the Dubai police have gone in and very publicly lifted them. They have brought with them cameras. They look good when they do it, when they go in and they lift the likes of, you know, the Netherlands most wanted, Ridwan Taji. They're busting indoors uh, and they're all dressed, suited and booted. Um, And that's the image really that the Dubai police want for the international stage. Now, whether the same thing happens, the Kinahans and their cohorts that have been named or whether they do try and escape, you know, remains to be seen. But But why hasn't it happened happened up until now? Like, is it just that they're unsure where they happen to be at any given moment or is there something else going on? Well, they're moving about, but that okay. is the million dollar question. And as each little window opens into this story as such, we can see why. And in a way, the Johnny Morrissey arrest for me was very significant and I could see why they were being left where they were because over the past 18 months, uh, is when the Spanish have sat back and watched every move Morrissey made. They've watched and they've traced every penny that's come in and out of those accounts to see where they've gone. So they have a full picture now of where the money is and the money laundering. So by sitting back and just using patience, um, they have got far more than they would have got had they rushed in and lifted him initially. And I imagine that the same is happening with the Kinahans. Well, I assume, and you, you know this from covering all of this in so much more detail and knowing the characters, I assume when it gets to this point in the decline of any gang like the Kinahans, that the danger comes from within as much from without. You know, there's the Gardaí and there's Interpol and there's police now in the UAE possibly working with Interpol more closely. There's also everybody they work with and have worked with who, as the news titans, is going to start thinking, uh, there's possibly a deal to be cut here and I want to be the one to cut it. I mean, that's 100% their biggest problem, actually. You know, they know that they have been under investigation for a long time. They were always aware that they were under investigation way back in 2010 when the Spanish had them under surveillance. Christy Kinahan Sr. knew. I mean, Senior is a member of Mensa. He is an extremely intelligent, wily individual. Um, so they've always known they're under threat from the outside. The trust within the organisation has been held by the money, you know, and the, the power they have held. That has been taken away from them. Uh, you know, if I was Daniel Kinahan or Christy Senior, I would be extremely worried about Johnny Morrissey. 
He is facing an enormous uh, time in prison. He's in his 60s. His wife has been arrested, is still under investigation. There's a question of whether or not she is going to be sent to prison. They have a young child. Uh, he is really a guy with a lot to lose mm. and makes him very dangerous really for them. And also if he was the man that was handed the keys to the finances, he knows even more than what uh, already the, the police have ascertained from his books. So the likes of him and others who've been lifted are very dangerous to them. Um, as the their finances become that they can't access them like I mean they do have a lot of properties and stuff but you can't just turn that into cash and you can't transport it very easily when you're so trapped so they have a wage bill of up to I mean I've been told anything up to a million a week and they need to get everybody their wages or everybody starts getting a bit you know no one works for free not even in the criminal world oh absolutely and you know the loyalties are only held through that money so yeah they're in a very 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 dangerous situation and I think everything that's happened we talk about why don't they go in and arrest them and you know we were talking Mm. about that five years ago everything has been so carefully planned that it will be a blueprint blueprint for policing of the future this isn't being about individuals this is about while there is a, a hierarchy there that everybody wants to see removed, this is about a cartel, which is far more, it's a, it's an international conglomerate. Yeah. And to take that down takes a lot more than just going in and arresting a few individuals. If this is the situation they're in, though, they can't access the money, to what extent are they still controlling the drug trade in and out of Ireland? Or are they, and if they're not, who's doing it? Because there's still plenty of cocaine on the street. Well, there's always people, you know, there to take over and there will be. There'll be a big vacuum left here. But, um, you know, whether that business on the outside can keep going is questionable. I have been speaking to people who would be very close to the inner circle who say that um, they're not being paid anything they're owed. Now, that's a big problem to them because they could be they could be owed anything up to 50 million. But like it's a business while, OK, Johnny Marcy might have had his little black books with his his uh his IOUs in them. Um it's not really much worth much. It's not as if you can go after people with a solicitor with a legal case to get your money back. This mm. is all illegal money. Um you know, people close to them suspect they are owed up to fifty million and nobody's paying a penny. So they're destroyed. I mean it's it's like it's like uh it's all been built on sand really. Um, you know, we talked about so many millions and billions and you wonder where the zeros end and it's gone. It's it's just gone. Are they bringing drugs into this country? The biggest drug gang in this country are known as the family and they have grown at a rate which is eye-watering over the past couple of years as the Kinnahans have been removed. The family? The family. Um, I won't name them for you, but they are uh, known as the family. They're based out in West Dublin. They started off as a heroin crew. They're dealing everything now. They have taken a lot of Kinahan turf. They are easier to tackle because they're based in Ireland. They're not a trans-global organisation, so it doesn't necessarily require um, as much help and support of outside agencies as the Kinahans take down did. All right. Listen, Nicola, thanks a million for coming into studio. Always fascinating stuff. Nicola Talent is Investigations Editor with the Sunday World... The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.